They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. As always, I am your host, Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. And before I get into my very special guest for this episode, I'd like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. You are Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Andrew Krause, Seth Comfort, Robert V. Aldrich, Greg Downing, Mike the Gatherer, Kevin Vay, Alex Peregrine, Alex Shaw, Geeks with Shields, the Green Goblin V and Brendan Agnew. You're all incredible. And especially um, with uh, the lesser amount of content I've been able to get out there recently, you guys sticking around and keeping me um, knowing that you you love what I do and want to keep hearing it is great. I'd also like to thank the over 4,000 of you that downloaded my shows last month. Um, blowing me away. Um, I didn't have any content released that month and the backlog is strong and you all seem to like what you're listening to. So I appreciate it. This is another in my fireside chats. Um, I've been trying to have the uh, members of the Fireside Alliance, which is a podcasting network I created with Alex Shaw from School of Movies. And today I am joined by Alex Newman of the Goblin Lore podcast, which he co-hosts with his buddy Hobbs. Alex, tell everybody hi. Hey, everybody. Chris, thanks for having me here. I'm, I'm glad to be chatting with someone. It's 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 always fun. It's a- yeah, it's awesome. Um, and, you know, uh, God, I, I didn't do it there, but I'm, I'm going to stick a little uh, thing in right now, too, for the movie I am making. <laughs> um, I forgot to say this. This episode is brought to you by the Fireside Alliance and the Goblin Lore Podcast and the fact that it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And also, I am making a movie with the folks from Montresor Media. So right now, you'll hear a little ad for that. Hello there, listener. My name is Seth Decker, and I am a director. I'm here to sell you something, and it's not Blue Apron or subscription service or MeUndies or anything like that. It's an opportunity to give to a really cool Indiegogo. If you go to Indiegogo.com and type in The Bludgeoning or Montressor Media, you will be greeted by a page for a horror comedy that we've been working on for the last few months. I've been self-financing the pre-production so far. Our hotels are booked flights are scheduled for our cast to come in we are ready to shoot this indiegogo is just to help us upgrade our equipment we know that we can deliver a really killer image on the equipment that we have in house but being able to rent some legitimate hollywood toys would just mean the world to us we're going to use this indiegogo to rent an ari alexa mini that's the same thing they shot blade runner 2049 on we're going to be bringing in a really cool lighting package that allows us to light really amazing colors and bring a really vibrant feel to Salem, where we're going to be shooting the movie on location. I'm excited about this. This is a huge step for me in my career, potentially turning into the ability to, to make movies professionally for us and this team. And it's been made possible by all of these cool podcasts that we've been working with as as creative outlets over the years teaching us how to to dissect stories now we're making our own story it's really awesome and i'm so excited please go to indiegogo.com type in montressor media or the bludgeoning every single level has really cool rewards that exponentially get cooler just starting off at the ten dollar level you're going to get access to a digital comic of this movie we're going to do a comic adaptation of the movie that you'll get access to just for giving us the 10 bucks to get this project done like that in and of itself is amazing but we have levels going all the way up to a producer level where you could get imdb credit for a feature film potentially going out through distributors like lionsgate or shutter or a24 or the bludgeoning that's where we're aiming no promises yet but that's where we're aiming we're guaranteed an amazon release at this point so like the project is happening do you want to buy a ticket onto the train is the question. I'm not selling any kind of subscription service. I'm selling a real cowboy dream of making movies on our own dime, on our own turf, on our own rules. There's no producer studio oversight. We are the ones making this movie. I think that's awesome. 
I appreciate all your time. I'm sure I've taken enough of your time for this podcast that you're listening to currently. I appreciate you you taking the time to listen to me. Please consider giving to the Indiegogo or checking us out on social media. If you just want to chat about the project more, I'm here for that. At Montressor Media on TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter. Reach out to us there if you have any burning questions. This isn't celebrities in Hollywood that you can't reach out to. We're real people that you can talk to about an actual professional movie that's being made. I think that's really killer. Please consider giving to the project. And we're back. So, um, Alex, before we get into it, tell me um, a little bit so people that maybe haven't heard your show about your show and also, um, you know, as a podcaster, as a geek, as just a person out there, what, um, you know, Mental Health Awareness Month means to you. Oh, sure. So just a quick thing about our show, uh, the Goblin Lore Podcast is, is what it's called. We've been doing it for almost four years. It'll actually be four years in June, which is still blows us away. Thank you. It, it's just it feels so weird um, that it, it, it's been going on that long. Uh, but so my, my quick description that I, I have for the show, because it's drifted a little bit. <laughs> over the years but so i have we're a magic the gathering podcast that sometimes talks about characters lore and story but we always center the community and mental health and that's kind of how we we started was uh there were three of us at the time now one of uh one of the guys who started it had to leave which was completely amicable he just or amicable he just wasn't engaged with the game and there was some stuff going on that he wasn't a fan of so he he stepped away and and hobbs and myself kept it going but when joe got the podcast started he it was this sort of nebulous thing he wanted to talk about real life stuff he wanted to relate that to story and characters from the game and kind of bring this this thing together and it was a weird thing that we hadn't really ever heard of because it kind of didn't exist at the time there was plenty and there's some really in the magic uh and fandom there's some great story and lore podcasts but there was never really any that sort of tried to bridge this gap and talk about mental health and and all of this oh that's fantastic yeah you know it i really feel like i i don't know if it's if it comes with the territory or if it's just a cultural shift right but the the thing you love the the hobby Mm -hmm. you take on the thing you enjoy and you as a person used to be this separated separated thing and and i feel like culturally that's how we looked at stuff too it's like okay well Mm -hmm. what are you a football player well no but what are you do you know what i mean like what what what's your what's your identity can you can you talk and emote about yourself i feel like these communities particularly in tabletop gaming video games magic dungeons and dragons you put a lot more of yourself and it almost becomes a way for you to connect and work through your Mm -hmm. particular mental health issues in a controlled welcoming safe environment rather than rather than oh we're just going to shove you you know you know you go 60 years ago we're just going to lock you in a hospital and you're not part of society anymore and then we went through uh, what what age group are you in alex so i i am uh i will be turning 37 shortly so older older end of millennials i'm 38 so and, and i feel like our our generation is one of the last ones where this really wasn't spoken you know, mm-hmm. parents were still told, you know, medicate your child, lock them away. Um, and these outlets were ways we were able to find, especially with the internet and meetups and mm-hmm. your local comic shop downstairs, you were able to find other people that it doesn't necessarily mean that we all have the same mental issues because it's a spectrum like anything else. Mm-hmm. Right. But you're able to recognize that someone else is battling something like me. Yeah, and I mean open and friendly about it and that's amazing yeah i I mean a lot of fandoms will have that it's um so magic has well had when we could gather people together um used to have things called like grand prix or they have these big events uh similar to like conventions in in structure though it was more structured around tournaments and because it's it's a card game so there's a lot of there's more play sort of integrated into it than a lot of conventions that have other things going on but it's a similar gathering of people and there's a lot of people who will go to, you know, their first Grand Prix or their first fandom convention of things and then realize, like, they're just suddenly comfortable, especially of our generation. 
generation. I think it's it's less so for younger generations, and I'm glad that, as you say, like the fandom, you can just be part of that and you can kind of be open about that. But for a lot of people of our generation, you go to that first big event where everyone is part of that same community that you're a part of, and you just feel like you are home and you didn't realize you were missing that. And right. And that helps for both, you know, with your dealing with mental health issues, or even if you're not, like there's just a community there that can be really supportive, even just for other things, just to just to feel welcome and part of something. Well, you know, and, and it ties in. I've mentioned this to people before. You know, I recently, within the last five years, went to my first convention of of the whole life I've had. You know. Of, mm-hmm being a geek and being into stuff, I'd never gone to a large organized convention. So I went to Aresia, which is a Boston sci-fi con. And my brother did a a speech there and it was awesome. And then I went to PAX and I actually did a a panel at PAX, which was awesome. But I stood in line outside the convention center looking around and I I actually sent messages to people because I was standing there and going, at 12 years old, this didn't exist mm-hmm. at 12 for me. I couldn't have been mm-hmm. standing in line with, you know, my, you know, pins, pins with the stuff that I like, you know, with my, um, whatever. I think I had a blockbuster t-shirt on and like my geeky stuff standing next to uh, a, a jock who mm-hmm. is sitting there with a game, a Nintendo um, switch playing Pokemon. And then over there, there's a kid that, you know, probably is afraid to be in a group this size on their own, but all of a sudden when they're dressed up like this character, they're like, they they can be around. And like all of these people are together mm-hmm. as a community, but they have their own little microcosms within the community, but they're all accepting of each other. And yeah. that blew me away because it used to be the thing you loved was a thing you had to hide from people and could only share it with your small, close group. And I think that ties into mental health awareness a lot because mm-hmm. there isn't that many other communities that are as because there's this toxicity everywhere right but it's oh, absolutely to, it seems to be mitigated a lot just by the whole point of it is that you're being open about something that you love and being allowed to love it yeah i mean um, and, and like for for me i can i can talk to my experiences a little bit too that like i have social anxiety that's the thing oh, yeah. i I, I was diagnosed with actually about 10 years ago. It was, I was 27. Um, and actually conventions are a thing that I've wanted to do for a long time. Like, and there's some smaller ones around me, but like there's some conventions that have kind of been going on. And I just, in my head, before I had the diagnosis, before I really understood that, it was just like, oh, that's just something I can't do. I just know that I can't go around that many people. I just, I can't deal with that. It sounds cool, but I just can't do that. And then I get my diagnosis, I get some therapy, I start talking to someone and I work out, figure out what's going on. And it's like, oh no, I, I could totally do these things. So I've been going to conventions kind of became a big part of my life up and up until COVID kind of put a stop to it because that was such a great way for me to socialize, especially as a person who spent a lot of time sort of isolated. That's how I kind of recharge just time by myself. But I also love to talk. It's why I have a podcast. So I'm happy to be on here chatting with you. Like I love to talk to people, especially about things that I care about, that I'm passionate about, that other people care about. I love having conversations with people who are passionate. And you will not find more passionate people, like per capita, I guess, than a crowd at a convention. Yeah. Or oh, gathering yeah. like that. And, you know, it's it's been great to see, too, you know, you, you get into that and you realize how how acceptance forward they've become. And, and this is starting to trickle into events you wouldn't expect, right? Mm-hmm. My daughter, my daughter is, is autistic. And the same, you know, yeah, this is a broad spectrum of things, right? But the same type of thing of having, having an area for someone with social anxiety or someone that's overly stimulated to be at an event so they can still be there and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But how, place they can go 10 years ago wasn't something anyone was thinking about now every event you go to they have information people coming and telling you or it's on the sign of hey you know at this particular event we have an autism and mental health friendly day where the lights are turned up more and we have less flashing lights the sound is turned down and it's like these places are adapting 
with the understanding that everyone should have access and yeah. everyone should be aware. There's some local conventions I go to here in uh, in Minneapolis. I'm, I'm in Minnesota that have like quiet rooms. They'll specifically at the hotel yeah. like, all right, we've got these three rooms for the con, and this one is for, you know, snacks or whatever. But like these two are quiet rooms. You can go in there and spend time, but it's it's quiet for people who need a space to be quiet. You have the headphone area, as it were, mm -hmm. the AMK room. Yeah. yeah, I love that kind of stuff. And yeah. it just it blows because it. It trickled outside of, yeah, okay, I, I now expect that at cons because that community is much more focused and outward about, you know, having mental health issues and having people mm -hmm. in the community that are, that are on the autism spectrum or that are disabled in some way or another. But, you know, you find this at places where you wouldn't expect it, like, you know, sporting events are starting to do it, circuses, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, just places that you know 10 years ago would have that more conservative view of you know survival of the fittest well if you can't be here then don't be here and it's like yeah. no let's let's be yeah there's some things where okay you know maybe i'm not going to take my autistic daughter to a nascar race right there's this hard to hide how loud that can be you know what i mean but mm -hmm. at the same time you know trying to be more open to people in that respect is kind of the name of the game right yeah well and I, and I think something, well and i think something conventions realize too is part of what makes them so great is like people are here like we love to gather in this group and all be you know excited about a thing together and it's better when more people can be here <laughs> so if we we find right. these ways to allow more people to take part in that it's just it's better for them obviously because then they can come and that's amazing and that is a pursuit that's worthy on its own but also it's better for everyone because then they can come too. We can have a bigger group and all have fun together and, and enjoy whatever it is. So how, how long have you um, been in the, into magic? Uh, I actually, I started playing magic a, a long time ago. Um, 94. So the game came out in nice. 1993. That's uh, I, and, and I got in early cause I was pretty young at the time, but my dad is an old school geek, which is where I inherited a lot of stuff. My dad started playing Dungeons and Dragons when it first came out. So a friend of his who he used to play D&D with just showed up to our house one day with some magic cards and said, hey, this is D&D in card form. You guys have to learn how to play. And so we started immediately playing big four six person games which if you're familiar with magic by and large the core of it is like 1v1 more serious stuff especially in the more competitive there's a whole competitive scene that's not what i did immediately we were just playing goofball big groups just throwing cards at each other and that's kind of flavored right. my my experience of the game so yeah it's um it's it's a game i have played but i am not as you know um as uh, versed in it as, say, like D&D &D or something like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I know the any community that's been around for a long time, and Magic kind of pulls in the, like you said, the old guard geek, like D&D &D type of group. Mm -hmm. what, what inspired you guys to make, uh, you know, obviously there's a, you know, your focus on the community aspect of it, but particularly with mental health awareness, like other gaming cultures was there less of an acceptance of it early on or was it more just uh, to tell stories and, and let some, heard you know yeah some of it was to tell stories and have a conversation but some of it it kind of just happened slowly over time with i mean well to be honest it showed up early like i think our second episode ever was was about um, trauma and talking about one of the characters who recently has had had some history of that but that it kind of started to come back up. It was a topic that came back up in part because all three of us had some history of mental illness. I I have social anxiety. Um, and my 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 co-host Hobbs like is a practicing psychologist. So great. It's it's like it's a part of of who we are in a lot of ways. It's a part of what we do in our our day to day. Well. And so it was just kind of a natural fit. And especially, frankly, after Joe left, because he was more of our story guy, we started to have, a, we still talk about story. We still try to find story in lore tie-ins. And sometimes we find really, really good ones. But we've had a little bit less emphasis on that lately and more emphasis on mental health stuff. That's where the last, I think, want to say three years now, every May, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, 
in in the US at least, we every episode is mental health focused for us. And it's a topic that comes up throughout the year, but we make a specific emphasis in May. Every single episode is going to be mental health focused. Because it's it's a thing that's important to talk about. Hey, it's important to us. Like he's a psychologist. It's a, it's a thing that I deal with in my life, but it's so I think it's, it's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Trying to try to pull all the feelings and put them into words, but it's so important to talk about this because a couple of reasons, like it helps to build acceptance. There's a lot of stigma around this topic. Lots of people don't oh, yeah. really want to, is there uncomfortable about it? And that's fair. Like it, it is totally understandable for, for this topic to make you uncomfortable. But if we don't talk about it, that'll never change. Um, and then the other major thing is like folks, I would say, like myself, I said I, I was diagnosed at 27, but I guarantee if I'd heard these conversations, I would have gone and talked to somebody earlier. I wouldn't have waited until a I went to the hospital after an anxiety attack. I thought I was having trouble breathing, and I went to the uh, urgent care. Turns out I physically, you know, like lungs, none of that was fine, but that I had been having an anxiety attack. And then that's when I went to speak to uh, a therapist. And that's when I got my diagnosis and really was able to start moving forward from that. It, it's quite amazing how much of a shift there's been and it, it, it needs to continue. Mm -hmm. What you just said there was so important. At 27 years old, 27 years alive, like where people in generations before us may have had four kids fought in a war, you know, yeah. and like the top of their career, right? At mm -hmm. 27 years old, you had a revelatory thing in your life that, especially since you're so open to talking about it still, was a positive reveal. I'm sure at the time it was... Yeah. You know, and anything you learn about yourself that's new, especially if it's life altering, you know, can come with it some negative, you know, it was sad or, oh God, it was stressful or it changed my whole perspective on my life. But I like that the shift is more into the, these revelations, the earlier you can have them, the more you can hear people discuss them. No mm -hmm. one, there's no perfect science out there, right? There's no perfect doctor that's just going to look at you and go... Oh, at one years old, I know all these things about you. You have social anxiety, you have this, you have that. So we need these communities of people that are able to discuss it, be open and not hide it. Because for for most people, there's a euphoria involved when you learn, oh, that's why I'm like that. Or that's why I have trouble with that. And there's more people like me. Oh, crap. And they have coping mechanisms and they have groups that get together and discuss it. Where was this when I was 13? You know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and I think the world is shifting and, and there's still the naysayers out there that like to have the negative part of it all. The only reason there's so many people that are this way now is because it's, you know, marketable and people are making it that way. And it's like, no, it's because we're discussing it and we're realizing yeah. there are more people like me. Yeah, my, my, re my response to that is you'll you look at left handedness. Uh, there, there's suddenly when we stop punishing children for being left-handed, we have more people who are reported as left-handed. It's, uh -huh. it's, it's like magic, but it, it, it isn't, <laughs> it makes sense when you, yeah, when you stigmatize I, something, people are going to not be open about it. Recognizing that. Yeah. Okay. That there, there are certain things like obviously walking out in public and, you know, walking up to someone and punching them in the face is not socially acceptable. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you can't let somebody be themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's quite amazing the shift in the world. And I, I love that you guys are focusing this, but letting the entryway into it being a common topic or a common community. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that was a lot of, of kind of the goal, even before we became mental health focused, was to try to have this as sort of a, a bouncing off point or a lens or a base. There's all sorts of analogies you can make, but to use sort of, hey, we're going to talk about this character that if you're involved in magic, you're familiar with. And let's talk about how his struggles relate to the, you know, people in the real world dealing with trauma or people in the real world dealing with one of my favorite episodes that I realized was a lot longer ago than I realized when I was thinking about it was uh, recorded an episode with a friend of mine who is now works for FEMA. So like we talked at the time she was working for the, the Delaware state 
emergency response and now works at the federal level. But we talked about disaster response and related it to this like interstellar zombie invasion that was happening in the storyline. And so it was fun to talk about this real world topic and then be like, OK, so this thing's happening. What principles from you know disaster relief can we apply to that the citizens of Ravnica should pay attention to? And so it was a, it was a fun way to kind of bring that real life topic into this fictional world, but still kind of have some good, important stuff to hear and learn about. I love that. I had a professor, not a professor, got a teacher um, in a high school that taught um, history. And it was like junior, senior, you know, year high school level history. And so I don't remember what the exact, I don't think it was, I don't know if it was modern history. There, there was some bent that he had, but he had a very non-standard way of teaching where he'd start on a Monday morning with this topic for the week that we were going to cover and show us a clip from something that we were familiar with. So instead of being like, hey, this week we're going to talk about political spin and I'm going to talk for days and days and days trying to teach you something you have no basis for because you weren't alive during it. I'm going to show you a 20-minute clip from The Matrix and then break down how that is just like what happened with the Whitewater investigation. And you'll go, wait a minute. And then he, he'll bend that. And, and I like watch this guy and I go, I've never understood a topic better than the way this guy described it because all he did was give it a relatable bend. That's awesome. I, I had a I had a professor that did that in uh, my logic class that I took um, at, at the University of Minnesota. And I can't, I don't I don't think this was the first day, but it was very early in the semester came in. And the first thing they they taught, they they showed us, I think it was just the text of it was the Monty Python witch trial from from the uh, Holy Grail movie <laughs> and went through the entire art all of the arguments for to determine that this person was a witch and then they're like okay obviously this are and obviously this isn't accurate but the logical arguments that they built out are actually sound and yeah. so that's how the teacher you know taught us the difference between a logical argument and a sound argument where the sound one has a proper structure but the assumptions are incorrect, so it is arguing something that's wrong. Where logical would be a sound, you know, cor correct arguments, correct basis, and a correct structure. But it was just, it was so funny that, like, yep, here's the Monty Python witch trial. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So if she weighs as much as a duck, <laughs> yep, witch. <laughs> Yeah, it was surprising. I, I may not be a perfect, but it was like this is surprisingly proper structure. Like well, it is, it's the way it's organized. When you add crowd mentality into it, if enough people believe it and it checks out, yeah, how can you argue it? Yeah, well, and that that was a weird class. I think a lot of people were expecting to like learn about specific arguments and things like that, and that class was basically just math. Which was a big disappointment to the philosophy students who were taking it to get out of math. Right. But that was everything was structured like it, you literally would structure these arguments like equations. And that's how you like that was the work of the class, the bulk of the work. But I that like you say that that's tends to be an abstraction and it's hard for people to learn that sometimes. So, yeah, taking that scene was a was a great way to relate it to something that people would be familiar with or if you're not it's at least absurd enough you kind of look at it weird but it's like but this is how the structure works that's awesome so have you found that there is a um obviously even you've, you've been on this topic for nearly three years right mm -hmm. this is obviously you found you, you found something that resonated right this is yeah Right yeah. for the picking, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. So we we started, you know, like I said, we started with kind of a weird concept that sometimes is, was hard to explain and still is a little bit. But because we talk about mental health enough, I can kind of say, well, we're mental health and other things. But we so we started and this didn't really exist in the space. And but it was a thing that we were excited about. It was a thing we were passionate about. And so we just did the cast. Mm -hmm been going for almost four years now and we we have an audience we actually have a decent number of people and we've taken breaks and astonishingly like we'll take there especially when joe was left 
um, it was in like November, I think it must have been 2019, because then it was holidays and then New Year's. And so we had almost six months, probably four or five months where we didn't post a single episode. Within a month of us coming back, we were back to the same download numbers. So it's like the audience was there. We took a break for a while, but they as soon as we were back, they were ready to come back and support us. I love to hear it because yeah, I I went I was doing a podcast a week for like two years. I was so proud of it because I mean I, I, my my topics are wide ranging. Right, I have this show mm-hmm. and then I have the blockbuster video rental one. Then I do the one with my brother. It, you know, so it's it's very easy to just sit down and do one, right? Mm-hmm. But I was so happy with the momentum, and then I just stopped. And so when people stick with it even without me needing to keep reminding them weekly that I exist. That was, that was a huge revelation of, wow, people actually want to hear this. And that's why I love being able to have folks like you on who have a different thing that I think my audience should either already know about, or they're going to get to know about it now. Cause it's, you know, I would love to do more episodes about this topic. So you bring yeah. this up. It's perfect. Do you have, um, have there been times where, like, do, do you have a lot of engagement from your fans? Have there been times where, like, it's 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 started like a hard discussion? You know, uh, we have some engagement. I'd say we don't have, um, I don't know, about hard hard conversations, but we we definitely have some good engagement. Um, it's a fairly small number who are very engaged, and that's fine. That's totally fair. Like, um, but it, we have a Discord that um, a number of, of folks are on, and then conversations. And sometimes it'll be quiet, and then all of a sudden something will happen, and people are talking. And it's really, really proud of uh, of that community too that that has been built. I'd say we built. And when I say we, I don't just mean right. Hobbs and I. Like the people who are part of that Discord are a big part of that too. They're very supportive people. We have mental health conversations there are some channels specifically for that for people who who feel the need to open up and, and talk about things and it's it's been a very supportive people and then of course we have the like here's our cool new thing especially with magic is a game that there's nowadays especially so many different versions of some of the same cards and all these different things so people get something really cool they can share that and we can all be excited about whatever thing somebody just found and but it's that that's where most of our engagement comes from though we we get some i know every so often we'll get folks especially when we do some big mental health episodes we'll get folks who email us about hey you know this topic really resonated or this was really helpful and and that also is is i mean that's a big part of why we do it like i enjoy doing this but also one of the one of the big reasons we want to talk about mental health is to get that conversation out there is to help people you know and to hear that to get that feedback is probably the the most gratifying thing I've gotten out of this. That's great. How, how do you uh, how do you pull your topics? Is it is it like self tripping over? Hey, this would be good. Is it driven by what's going on in the world currently? You know what? Uh, um, a little bit of both. I'd say more more the first than the second. Some of it is things at this point now we've been going long enough. Some of it is actually things where I go back and say, well, what did we talk about two years ago that we haven't talked about lately? Um, and I, I, I tend to preface those episodes and, and maybe our, my, our listeners are a little tired of it by now. But whenever we go back to a topic, I'll say, I understand, you know, we've done this before. But things that are important are important to hear more than once sometimes. So right. we're going to come right. back to this. We're going to talk about this thing again. So do, that's um, helpful too. Do do you base it primarily around like the created accepted lore of the, the character type or the event, or is it can it be driven from like how a particular person played, you know, a, um, a hand or a role? You know what I mean? Yeah, for the most part, it's it's going to be um, we'll base it around. Uh, there are some episodes we'll do that are based on, hey, this story thing happened or this person had this event. Let's talk about this event and find a, and find a topic that fits that event. That would we'll still do that a little bit now, but that's more of how we used to do things. Now we tend to kind of go the other direction and say, I really want to talk about blank. You know, we, we had an episode recently that just went up uh, about grief. And so we're like, OK, so we're going to talk about grief. What are some story topics that fit grief? So we kind of are 
retrofitting the story into what we want to talk about. It's fantastic. Do you find that um, magic is a type of community where people, you know, can kind of come in, like, not necessarily being deep rooted in in the lore and still get mm-hmm. you know obviously you know your your topics transcend magic right you're just using that as yeah. a basis to get people in but do, do you find that like you know because for for example i i'm very aware of warhammer right mm. yep have never been able to really sit down and play it. It's an expensive hobby to get into, right? But the, the my friends, our friends, you know, Fireside Alliance members, the Geeks with Shields, that's like their main hobby, the two hosts of that show are into. And they recognize that it comes with it because it's a long-stemming um, geeky thing. It, it comes with it a lot of not necessarily the greatest things in the fandom. You know, when you, when your stories are basically about space fascists, you can get you can get people coming at it from the wrong angle and with the wrong takeaway, right? And so yeah. I decided I was going to start having them on just, you know, we call them Warhammer 101 episodes where I said, I want to learn more. Like, talk to me about it, you know? And so we just do lore episodes, but it's, it's an episode of my show where they get to download and research. And, and I don't know if um, you find that people just because of the topic are able to engage or do you think they need to be like, oh, I've been playing war, uh, I've been playing magic for thirty years, and that's the only way I'm going to listen to your show. I, you know? I think, yeah, I think it's a little, little. You don't need as much background, I don't think, to yeah. to engage with our show. A lot of times, we'll try to something that we're cognizant about. And, and I mean, in fairness, we both come from a, a Hobbs and I are both very enfranchised, so we're not necessarily always going to find the pitfalls for a new player, but we try to introduce the topics that we're talking about. We try to give a little more background and things. And we, so that someone who isn't as familiar can kind of come into the show and get the story stuff and kind of then get the, the rest of what we're talking about. Um, but we will, to be honest, there, we have had a few episodes where we've had some guests who've either what our recent one who has never heard of magic um or another one of our i can't believe we got this person on our show things uh, Hobbs, oh, a hobbs a couple years ago interviewed hunter pence who's a baseball player like yeah, a professional wow. baseball player who apparently he plays magic like he loves the game but had didn't really know anything about the story so he was talking to hobbs and the way hobbs tells it at some point hunter basically starts interviewing him about the story and trying to understand who some of these characters are who he sees on the cards but doesn't know sort of what they're doing in the events of the the lore of the game so i'd say that by and large the show is pretty approachable for people who don't know a lot about the game and we try to make it that way i mean if if anyone tries to listen and finds it you know opaque please let us know we would really appreciate feedback we've every so often we'll get feedback about hey you missed this thing you didn't represent that very well we love getting any feedback but that feedback too that allows us to be better to come back and say hey we missed this thing we didn't do this very well we we're going to try to fix that i love Um, that That, that's the type of engagement i like too and it it, i wish it happened more but it's great mm -hmm. when it does yeah do you do you find here's a topic that I always find interesting because you know being being a in in sciences I'm, I'm an engineer you know being in particular geeky groups you know there there seems to be I don't want to say stereotypical but you you can tell sometimes the type of um, where you are in the mental disability or mental health spectrum or just how you are as a person whether you're you're more intellectual or more analytical or more art related you know where you you kind of can tell where someone's going to go. Do you find that there's like particular traits within, you know, mental health, mental health awareness that kind of those people are more drawn towards magic versus like more D and D role playing? You know, do, do you see that? Is, is that? I'm not sure because there's a lot that sort of exists in magic. Like we have, to, frankly, I think some of the more technical analytical people may be a little bit less drawn to our show because they tend to be more the competitive folks. And Mm -hmm. while our show is not necessarily something you can't listen to if you're a more competitive player, we don't talk about that aspect of the game at all, almost at all. It's, it's, 
rare that we mention specific cards on our show. And there's a lot right. of content that's really good for people who are more competitive, who want to like build better decks and do all that. That's great. That's not us. Um, we talk to, you know, we'll talk to cosplayers. We talk to artists. We've had a number of, of the artists who do the art for magic cards on our show over the years. So a lot of that creative stuff kind of is in the wheelhouse of what we do. We like to joke. So the, the full name of the game is, is magic, the gathering. And we joke that often that we talk about the gathering part more yes. than the magic. I like it. So it's about the community. That that's mm -hmm. great. No, I, exactly. Because the the kind of the, one of the reasons I, I asked that prior question is like I have a cousin who has always been very analytical, very put stuff together kind of guy. And before these types of things were were, were more well known, basically at like four or five years old, he would have baseball and football cards, and he would mm -hmm. organize and write down stats and like write like games based on the abilities of these people because that's just how his brain worked so yep. when pokemon showed up it was like a revelation for this this kid because he was just like oh my god this is exactly what i need <laughs> you know what i mean yep. and i feel like you talk about community building there there's just certain brains that work a certain way that almost need this type of game or this type of community to really uh, to really flourish right to yeah. really like be able to communicate and be able to um relate with other people and that that is such an important thing i feel when you talk about mental health awareness it's, it's the awareness of no this isn't a crutch of mine you know saying disability you know kind of puts a negative connotation on it. it's like no 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 no, no. it's like this is literally the community I need, the type of people I need around me to be able to be my best self. Mm -hmm. And I find that fascinating. And then these characters you can role play as, or these characters or events that exist in the, you know, fake world, quote unquote, that you're using, you know, to disappear into, or to, you can now relate that to reality and relate that to your own struggle is so cool. Yeah. Yeah, and that said, it it I don't think we started like we definitely didn't start with the mental health focus. We found it fairly early as a topic to talk about, but that whole that was the whole idea. We want to talk about real world things and and use use magic as a as a good entryway to to do that. Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been an interesting journey. Fun, mostly fun, interesting, but. There's, what there's, are, you were talking about certain guests, you know, do, do you have guests that, um, that kind of drive the topic or do you have guests come on and you have a pre, this is kind of where we're going to go and you're just going to add to it. Like we call it commentary. What's the, we, we kind of do both. Um, it kind of depends to be honest on, on who the guest is. So there's some guests that are people, mostly people who maybe we don't know. So the, the most recent example um is is a, is a guy named Irfan who is the creator of something called the Rope Runner um daily planner I can't remember what he calls it but it, it's it is a it's a planner but it is the way it organizes and it's very emphasis is on mindfulness and things and so I found it I really liked it I introduced Hobbs to it um, he's Hobbs has said it's the only planner he's ever been able to consistently use because rather than just the way it's structured like he really likes the way it works so i uh just threw a message out to the rope runner website and said hey um i do this podcast we do mental health stuff um we have a charity event that we are part of with other magic creators in may would you be willing to donate some planners to give away at the event as, as part of this event and so he replied right away and not only just said, yes, I would love to help support that event and give you some some planners. But we started chatting and he's like, it's like, well, why don't we bring you on the cast to talk about the thing? So we brought him on. And so then it, the topic was driven by we're bringing on this guy who's created this thing that we've talked about some. Um, on the other hand, we have some like a, a friend of mine named Reinhardt who does a lot of writing stuff. In fact, last year he 
he was uh, hired by wizards to write a few of the short stories that they have. So he has some actual magic fiction that he is official magic fiction he has written. So if we're doing topics that are more story driven and talking about story structure and how kind of to approach some of this stuff, I'll bring Reinhardt on just as I know a little bit. I've done some writing. I've I've attended. There's a, a local convention that is very much about the craft of writing. It's a thing that I'm really interested in, but I haven't published anything. <laughs> so bringing in Reinhardt is great because then he can bring his his experience and his expertise in the topic. And so there'll be some where it's just like I want to talk about this thing. Let's get Reinhardt. He'd be great to amplify it. Versus, you know, we're going to bring on. Like when you know Hobbs talked to Hunter Pence, it's like, okay, well, what, you know, then the topic is kind of driven by what they have going on. It's awesome. It just, I, I, the best thing about talking to podcasters, right, is you get this view. Like everyone has the joke, oh, it's just a bearded white guy talking about beer, or you know, this is like it's gonna be, but it's like everybody I talk to has a different bent, a different approach. At least people that are. Um, people that are passionate about it anyway mm -hmm. you know some people are just oh this is what the algorithm tells me i'm going to be talking about so it's what i talk about but the the people that are actually putting in the time you know find this niche this untapped thing almost organically right yep and it just makes it so much better because we 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 live in a world where we can talk to anybody at any time yeah and even and even though we can do that how often do you just pick up a phone and call your friend? You know what I mean? Anymore. Everything is done through email or anything. So like I get a better conversation and relationship with somebody that I've either just met or only talked to in this format than I do sometimes with the people that are closest to me, just because it's reminding you that a good conversation is good. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's frankly, that's part of why Hobbs and I continued the show. And that's, that's a part of it. Like, especially during, during the COVID years, like I, I think a month ago was the first time I had seen him in person since lockdown started. Oh my God. But we, and we live in the same city. Like, it's not like we're that far away. We both Where live in Minneapolis. Guys, by the way? You're, you're in the same, same time zone as me, right? No, we're we're in Central. I'm I'm in uh, Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. Oh wow! Uh, thank you for sticking on Eastern with me. I'm like, yeah. Wow, this guy syncs up with me really well. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we're honestly, I'm used to dealing with, or, you know, working with people, coordinating people with in Eastern time because for years I played World of Warcraft, and there aren't Central servers. There are West Coast and there are East Coast, and so uh, it's like I always just went to the East Coast servers, and all my friends are in the East Coast because. That's the server that fits their time slot, and that's the closest to me. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm used to dealing with East Coast uh, or Eastern time. Wow. So this just popped into my head while we were talking. Uh, and I don't know if this is a topic you've delved into at all or you have a thought on, but um, stick with me here in case you. So mm -hmm. one of the things I think that relates to mental health awareness, particularly mental health awareness in the hobby, the thing you like, whether it's music, video games, movies, um, popular culture, um, board games, whatever it is, there's always this stigma, and it's the same old archaic stigma, that these things can cause the user or the person that's into it to do things like that a mentally unstable person would do. They use these, you know, the idea that music can cause you to kill someone or movies can cause you to do something. I don't know if you've ever heard of the film Mazes and Monsters. Have you ever heard of this? Oh, it sounds familiar, but I can't place. So it's a Tom Hanks film. And it's a film from the 80s. And it's it's lesser known. Because right. Even though it's a clever idea, it's basically like a, what if a guy played D&D &D and got like possessed by it, you know, yeah. until he playing it in the real world so the the two towers that you need to jump off of to save to win the game is the world trade center you know is basically the way that this so it the, the reason the movie became controversial is the people making it were like backed by a conservative group that felt like your kids playing these games and stuff it was going to make them do bad things so it was propaganda is basically mm -hmm. what it came down to and i don't know if you 
encounter that with, I know D and D, I mean, that was parents were afraid that their kids, you know, hiding out in the basement and talking like goblins and wizards with their friends are going to shoot up their school, you know, or whatever it is. Um, does that something that gets brought up within the magic community is like, you know, the, there's a negative side of like people are afraid of their loved ones playing it. You know, I just don't know if this ever comes up there. There was a little bit of it um, as a game that came out in the mid nineties, 93 is when it came out and kind of exploded in popularity over the next few years. It, it hit a little bit cause that was sort of the dying embers of the D and D panic or was around that. Yeah. So it, it got a little splash over from that. Um, I've not really encountered that in the wild. Like I'd hear that a little bit, but fortunately that isn't something that really came up recently. I don't know if you heard me kind of chuckle a little bit while you were introducing it because I, I rolled my eyes so hard I had to laugh at myself while you were introducing the question. But yeah. It, right. it, it's, it's just such a laughable thing to think. People just take stuff that they don't understand to such an extreme. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just the, the, the fear mongering about something that's different, unfortunately, splashes over into some other directions where people who have different identities and, you know, yes. understandings of their own gender and sexuality are suddenly scary because they're different. And it's, yeah. But it's those traditional values that are going to save us, don't you know? Yeah, we need a small government while we have more and more and more controls over people's personal lives. Yeah, that, that exactly. It's going to work, right? I mean, yep. I heard I heard something disgusting that wasn't even fathomable. And then I realized they weren't talking about the United States, but still that could easily happen here. That in order to be accepted legally as a woman, if you were trans... You had to allow the government to sterilize you, mm -hmm. so you create more people like you. Yeah, I just I read that one this morning. Like I know that like it's all of this stuff led, leads into the same thing. It, it's people afraid of admitting that something different is okay. Yeah, and and frankly, that's a part of why we do our podcast because <laughs> it's yeah. a thing where we can talk about mental health. We also have have had some folks come in and talk about um, stuff for with with trans uh, issues and just topics. The topic of trans. We have several trans folks in our community who graciously come on our podcast to talk about that and other things too. Because it's just uh, a friend Taya who she was on a other um, lore podcast that that took a hiatus maybe permanently i'm not sure what the story is there yet but i know they took a long break so she'll come on our cast every so often just to talk about random topics but also that's a thing that's important and and so it's like we've had um a guy named daquan watson who does a lot of magic content creation who is a black guy who is like it's very important for me to talk about these topics because that's a you know racial issues are a thing in society like yes we, we this is important to talk about um and he he's mentioned i know he was actually talking to hobbs recently it was uh, unfortunately and i was i think i was feeling sick that day or something i couldn't make it to the episode he recorded with hobbs and daquan, daquan recorded but daquan was uh, i believe he said there maybe he said it somewhere else like all of his youtube videos he starts talking himself to the camera he's like because it's important that people see a black man talking about magic. And then, yeah. then I can show you images of the game and all this stuff as I go into the thing, but it's important to have that representation there. And so, you know, Hobbs and I are, are male presenting, you know, white guys. And so it's important to us to try to find other people. You know, we have a bit of a platform here and a big thing that we've been trying to do is obviously talk about mental health. That's something we can talk about directly ourselves, but then bring other people on who have things they want to talk about that can represent their perspectives and bring in some other representation. Um, we've had a couple episodes around. This is probably the most like current to magic lore we get, uh, at least in the last year or so. There's a couple episodes where uh, a couple friends of ours, um, Ryan and I can't think of his last name. He's Barbarian's Riddle on Twitter, and Michelle well, Rapp. Is, um, I, I know that person. You know him? Yeah, they they both have come on and talked about Asian representation in a couple of of recent Magic sets. One time when it wasn't so great, and one time when it actually was really good. And so it's been great that 
they have been willing to come onto our platform and kind of talk about these issues and talk about these topics. It it amazes me. It not amazes because I mean nothing should be amazing at this point because the world <laughs> is just full of awful. But you know, everything you just said there mm-hmm. should be like I I, I was brought up, um, you know, by a family that was not a very religious family, but they felt because of the city that I was growing up in that the right decision was for all of their kids to go to parochial school, Catholic school. So at home, we weren't beat over the head with any of this traditional Christian stuff. My, my family was very liberal, you know, and, and all of this. So it felt very jarring, like in, in school, like it never felt right being taught these things, you know, but one of the things I did take away from it because I had that very liberal at home upbringing was all of the BS that people hold on to from religion being wrong did not register with me at all. Like, so I came through this thing going, huh, do they really hate gay people that much? And then I look back and go, oh shit, they do. Crap. You know what I mean? Because it, it mm-hmm. didn't register to me because everything that registered with me because of the way my family was, was just don't be a jerk. Was yeah. was the, the morality upbringing that I took away from it was the part that basically said, hey, there's a person over there. Guess what? Treat them well. Yeah. And you, I don't know where to miss that part. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not, not a religious person at all. And I, I think it's one of the biggest problems is organized religion. Um, with with the acceptance of other people, especially when if you read the damn book it's supposed to be based on, the thing tells you to be accepting of other people. Mm-hmm. I don't get it, you yeah. know. And, and then people, you know, be, the minute you say, "Okay, well, yeah, this is a Magic the Gathering podcast, but it's going to be very forward at the beginning. This is a black gentleman to show representation." There's a certain group of the community that will go, "Why are you politicizing our game?" Yeah, why are you why are you being so? Oh, that happens. That oh, you know, a good example of that. Uh, so one of the the more recent sort of products that Wizards will do, they do these things called secret layers, where they will create a box set that's usually like five to ten cards, um, yep. with really sometimes just amazingly different art, just wildly different than a normal Magic card, and. Then they're like available print to order for a month and a half or whatever. And then that's the only time these things are or, uh, available. You pre-order it, you get them shipped when they print them. Well, they re- uh, revealed in the last couple of weeks a Pride box set because June is Pride oh, Month in the U.S. Oh, <laughs> it's, yeah, there are elements of the community, the elements of community that I'm mostly plugged into. It's great. People were excited. There's some cool stuff going on there. And then other elements of the community, uh, not so happy. And it, and then it's like, well, why are you getting so political? And it's like, was it was it political when they did a crossover with Street Fighter last year? Was it political when they did a crossover with uh, The Walking Dead last year? Was it political, you know, or, you know, we have... Don't uh, you know, those are things I understand. Yeah, exactly. That's why I mean, we we um, God, time is weird, so I can't remember what set this was. A recent set within the last within the COVID time um, had the first non-binary planeswalker. So in Magic, you kind of have the planeswalkers are people who can move from world to world, um, as opposed to like there's legendary creatures who are also important and named characters, but they are stuck on their own world. So we had yes. we have a handful of of uh, they them characters who are legendary but this is the first non-binary planeswalker and and then oh well something about you know all of those issues about getting political and it's like this is literally one character it's it's one character out of dozens and you're upset that they are suddenly getting political or all of this stuff it's like it's just oh it's so frustrating yeah and, and the thing is is it's like why like i don't know I don't see the need to be like, even if it's something that actually does upset you, like it's not just upsetting because it's different, but like Mm -hmm. there's something in there that actually bothers you. It's like, cool. So don't, don't play as that character. You know what I mean? Or like, I I don't know. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I mean, and, and to to be honest, talking about secret layers, there's a few things there too. There's there's some controversy in the community for a few different reasons there, and like that makes sense in general, the product in general, and it's like, and then if this is one that you just don't want to engage with, that's fine, but then you don't have to, you know, stick your your foot in your mouth and just loudly proclaim, shouting about how terrible it is. It's like just don't buy it and you're fine. Right. It's this it's the same cards that have already been printed most of these. There's a few they that's part of the controversy, but for the most part these are just reskinned other cards. They're available elsewhere for a lot less than it would cost you to buy this box set. This is just a fancy box with fancy art on these cards for people who want that. Just don't <laughs> if you don't want yeah, it. It's fine. It's it's like you cuz people people forget there is nothing wrong with you not liking something. Mm -hmm. But again, that's you, personal, you, standing right there. Like, you can have any reason you want for it, don't put it on somebody else, you know? Yep. But to go to war against its mere existence is exactly what you're claiming it's trying to do to you, but it's not. Yeah, you know, no. like, yeah, I've, I've had that conversation like, I, with a friend I don't of mine. Like, I don't like current cartoon animation style. Hey, right, I'm I'm an I'm an mm -hmm. old guy at this point. It, it doesn't work for me. But people said the same thing about things that I like. It's like cool, so I just won't watch it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it resonates with people. Cool, you enjoy your shit, man. Like, yeah. I, I yeah. don't know what the problem. Yeah, it's, I don't know why it's so hard. Like, one of the most popular sets in Magic, one of the most popular settings, the most, uh, most popular plane is called Innistrad. It's a gothic horror world. There are so many people who love Innistrad. I don't. But whenever Innistrad comes back up, I don't groan and make a big deal about it and shout about it on Twitter. Instead, my reaction is, oh, that's cool for the people who like it. And then I just don't engage for that set. Yeah. That's yeah. all it takes. It's completely ridiculous. Um. But yeah, oh, it, it is an absolute blast talking to you. Um, we're in about an hour and we're both, uh, you know, during our daytime. So I wanted to give you a chance, one, to promote your show and anything else you're doing. Again, two, make sure anything you wanted to be pointed at for charities and things for Mental Health Awareness Month are up there. And three, just anything that we didn't get to touch on that you wanted to. I, I want to give you the floor, my friend. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. So I, uh, Alex Newman, you can catch my name at the top, um, on Twitter at mill underscore chronicler, though I'm not all that active on Twitter. Um, my co-host is Hobbs Q. He's a lot more active if you kind of want to check in with some of some of our stuff. Um, and we do have a mental health uh, charity event coming up on the 14th and 15th of May. So it's a Saturday and Sunday that that's coming up uh, a handful of days from when we're recording here. And it's going to be, um, and I can send you, Chris, if you want to, I can get a link to you. Um, we have a bunch of people who are participating. We're one of many magic content creators, but the whole point is it's going to be a bunch of people streaming. I know Hobbs is setting up a panel with someone. They're going to try that out for the first time. This is, we, we've done this a few years now where there's, there's events, but like they're trying to, is panel something interesting? So if you check this out and you have some feedback about that, please let Hobbs and, and the other people who uh, were participating get, get some feedback from you. And then that charity event is going to benefit uh, NAMI, which is N-A-M-I, the National Alliance of Mental Illness. It's a uh, U.S. Uh, organization that does a lot of support um, for mental health uh, awareness and mental health just support for people individually. They have um, offices like in all the states and things. So NAMI is a, is a great organization if you want just if you want to refer to something about mental health stuff, if you want information, if you want to support someone, we love supporting NAMI. We do have an event coming up in June at some point. We don't have details, but Hobbs will have them as they get closer. Uh, we're going to do an event for, um, now I keep forgetting which one. I believe the Trevor Project, I may be wrong, but um, that's a the coming up in June. So uh, watch Hobbs Twitter if that's something you're interested in. That I know will be a streamed game. 
I can't remember what, I don't know what they're doing this year, but last year they themed it around wrestling. And so you had the four people who were participating had wrestler personas and they had this whole thing going on, like leading up to the event where they had vendettas and stuff. And it was, it was a cool, a really cool event. I think that's what I got. Uh, Chris, thanks for, for having me on. This was a great chat. Thank you so much. And, you know, uh, from behind the scenes, it took Alex and I a little while to, to get together because life finds a way to ruin everything. Um, but uh, we're here now, and it was an absolute blast to talk to you. Um, if you want to find, you know, his stuff, my stuff, everybody else in the Fireside Alliance, go to firesidealliance.com. That's a hub to get to all of our stuff, or you can just search Goblin Lore and look them up on Twitter, like they said. And also, please try to check out the Indiegogo for the uh, – little indie horror flick I'm making with the folks at Montresor Media. And again, Mental Health Awareness Month is this month when you're listening to this, when this is being released. Um, but you should really uh, be pushing um, for, you know, just things in the mental health community to get better and to get more aware, get more people involved all the time, because no matter what, it's going to make things better for everybody if we're more accepting of each other. Yeah. And it's a hard time, like COVID times. It's a hard yeah, time. Yeah. So if you if you're feeling like you need need someone to talk to, please reach out to somebody. Indeed, this is unprecedented, right? You, you no one, oh, no absolutely. one in the past is going to be able to say, well, we made it through that. It's like, yeah. And you know what happened the last time there was a global pandemic? Um, you all put masks on. <clears throat> That's what happened. Yeah. Anyway, cut. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Alex, for shooting the shit with Chippa. And thank you for everything you do. And congratulations again on many, many years of podcasting. It's a, it's, it's, I, I won't call it easy. It's a fun hobby and a fun thing to do, but um, it's still, it's still a real thing and it takes time. So anybody that does that, I'd like to applaud because it's not just some, you know, goofing, screwing around thing. Like we, we put time into this. And we love chatting with people and we love hearing your feedback. So uh, just thank you all for, for supporting what we do. I'll uh, catch you later, everybody. Right. Thanks for shit. Bye. Bye-bye.